Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Gen Z Free. We're going to be recapping what happened at the Capitol this week, the free speech battle in our country, and the censorship that is happening all across America now. And we're going to be talking about the future of Gen Z Network. Guys, thank you guys for listening. This is Gen Z Free. All right, guys, welcome back to Gen Z Free news, analysis, and content you can't find anywhere. I'm joined by Jason Rotundi and J-Dubs Windsor. We're going to have a roundtable discussion on some of the topics that happened this past week. We are back after a long break. I know we missed probably a few weeks, almost a month, it seems like. And we're back to just bring back analysis and content to our Gen Z listeners. So we're going to bring Gen Z people on. And we just want to get out and spread the, spread the message, conservative ideas, and just have open discussions about them. Jason, how was the break, man? It was all right. You know, with, uh, with COVID affecting everything that has to do with family plans, I spent New Year's with just my family, Christmas, just my immediate family. But, uh, but it's always nice to see family, you know, so uh, I'm not complaining at all. It was a nice little break from everything that was going on at school. And uh, I really have not much to complain about. Amen. Amen. J-Dubs, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. I just been training, doing my thing. I'm glad to be back on the podcast talking with you guys and getting our message out there to people. Um, who care about free speech and care about hearing dialogue in the amazing virtual free market that we have that's under attack, obviously. Yep. And JDF just says training like he's not doing any. This man's going out when it's 10 degrees outside, negative five. This guy's running through the snow just, just out there. I'm like, man, I'm over here like, oh, man, I can get another bag of Cheez-Its sitting on the couch, you know, watching some Netflix. I'm getting the lifting in, but, man, JDF's on that intense workout grind. Yeah, so pretty good relaxing break. I know. Not as a not as crazy, at least with the J Dubs workouts. If you guys need workout plans, make sure to hit out Base Blog on Twitter or any other outlets. You can reach out J Dubs. He's got some good workout stuff. Also Jason as well. So I had to throw that shout out out there. So guys, we're gonna go right into segment one. Of course, this week we had the president hold the MAGA march in D.C. and we have the Capitol Hill autonomous zone. Oh wait, we don't report on that stuff. Chaz, all chop, all that stuff. No. We're talking about Capitol Hill breach, the insurrection, all this stuff that the people have been spinning in the media, that Trump supporters are evil, and well, that we've never seen. This is the worst day in history. People were comparing it to 9-11, all this different stuff. Jason, what were some of your thoughts? Jason was actually on the ground in D.C. at this rally, I think pretty much almost the front row, really close. Jason, what did you see on the ground? What were some of your thoughts? Yeah, uh, I'll tell you right now that I've always been skeptical of the media. And I realized on the 6th that I was right about being skeptical because seeing it firsthand and then seeing what was being said on the news just hours afterwards, uh, I, you wouldn't even believe that I was there if I told you what actually happened because you'd say that they're two different events. Uh, being there, listening to everybody speak, and then when President Trump came up to speak, it was a very uplifting, happy, motivational atmosphere. There were... I, I would beg to say over a million supporters that were there in DC that day. We went through security checks. Everything was safe. There were a lot of high profile people that were there. David Harris Jr. was there. Mike Lindell was there. Donald Trump Jr. Uh, Rudy Giuliani, you know, a lot, a lot of important people. And it was just nice listening to people talk, you know, doing our thing, listening to uplifting, influential conservative voices. And then afterwards, everybody walked down Pennsylvania Ave to the Capitol and their goal was to express their voices and let Congress hear that they wanted something to be done. And the message coming from President Trump was that everybody should go there and they should express their voices. And 
once everybody got down to the Capitol, that's when things really started falling apart. Uh, the cops actually let in Trump supporters towards the, the doors of the Capitol. There were limited amount of Capitol Police there. There wasn't any violence that led up to it. Um, everybody that was there was let in to the front doors of the Capitol. And you'll see Trump flags flying around. You'll see people chanting, fight for Trump, things like this, which just as any other peaceful protest is, it was peaceful. And then about 20 minutes later, I hear word of windows being broken into, uh, people charging into the Capitol. And I was not not actually at the Capitol at that point. But when I heard that, I said, okay, well, that's kind of weird because it was peaceful for hours. And then a news source comes out that says that there was gunfire, there was a pipe bomb found, things like this. And that really threw me because we went through security, first of all. So that would not have been possible unless it came from an outside source. And on top of that, there have been three straight days of peaceful protesting being done in D.C. And now at this one instance, all of a sudden there's mass violence. So that just, it, it, it's very surprising, very unsettling to hear, especially as being somebody that was there seeing the atmosphere of just uplifting this motivation, just nothing that really hinted towards violence. It was just very surprising yeah. to hear. And so Jason, Jason, yeah, I just got a few questions for you. So would you say that 99% of the people, even 99.8% of the people that were probably peaceful, they're for the right reasons, Trump supporters for the most part, but it was a small group of individuals. People are saying Antifa, some kind of inter-terrorist organization. Um, they're still speculating. I know people are facing federal charges as they should. Um, political violence is something that we shouldn't be going to but a lot of people jason when you went to this march did trump tell you to go into the capitol building to march no, in to go no. in if you, if you hear that anywhere that is false uh, there are videos of him saying go to capitol hill and express your voice never said go into the capitol building exactly i just want to make sure we're clarifying that for our listeners because there's so much fake news um and that's the thing that trump coined as of course this fake news and now he's no longer on twitter He's no longer on any social media. I have to actually say that Pinterest, Spotify, I actually saw a tweet. Somebody actually, before I hopped on the show, they were saying they banned Trump from Spotify. What does that have to do? What are they, what is he going to listen to eye of the tiger to get more pumped up? They're going to stop him from doing that. So, or maybe some Bryson gray, Donald Trump is your president, you know, some, some good jams like that. J-Dubs. So, um, yeah, I know I was watching base blog, uh, getting updates all day. In the last few days, I know you're dying to give me some analysis. Jadavs, what do you what do you got, man? Well, I mean, to be clear, whether there could have been or would have been, or it doesn't matter who, it was during a Trump rally, just like we saw violence during a BLM rally. There's no, well, they could have been or they would have been these people. No, at the end of the day, it was during a Trump rally that this turned into a riot at the Capitol building. So it's okay to take ownership in that. It's, it's okay to not lump people in like Jason who are there just to be there for the experience and to support uh, the president of the United States. Um, it, it turned into more than that by a, a handful of people. There was, there was hundreds of thousands of people there. Okay. There was a lot of people there and there was a, a few thousand that really acted out and that's not okay. And we condemned them. I think everyone condemns them and no one, and it was disgusting what happened. A woman died, um, three other people died and a cop died who was hit in the head. So, it, you know, so there, this was a serious situation. This isn't okay and we should condemn it. 
But the, my problem is, is not pointing fingers at Trump. Did Trump, is some of the criticism warranted? Yes, but it's not all him. This has been building up. This is, watch, this is a bunch of Americans watching for a whole year of the violence, just endless violence happening in the cities while police sat back and watched precincts burn, watched places be firebombed, while Antifa tried to derail trains. One of them, one of the trains they tried to derail at one point, it sat, thankfully it failed, but it sadly had hazardous chemicals on it. This was in, I believe this was in Washington, okay? So this isn't a finger pointing game. If we wanna play that game, it, then no one's gonna win. You're gonna, you're gonna further divide the country, uh, which is what the Democrats want right now. They're gonna milk, they're gonna milk this situation as much as they can. Um, and to add on to that, people to blame, um, more than anything, I'm going to put a lot of blame on the mayor of DC, who I believe should be investigated completely and should probably be impeached and removed for negligence. She wrote a, uh, she wrote and rebuffed federal re reinforcements in a public letter to the Department of Justice on Tuesday, the day before. She rebuffed it. She declined it. She chose, knowing full well the ramifications, what was probably going to happen on Wednesday, that it, was gonna, it might get out of control if there isn't enough police presence there. Okay, so Capitol Police failed, but not only that, she failed. She failed, she purposely failed, and she used it to, to try to gain power for herself by creating unconstitutionally the state of DC. It's not going to happen. But this is what it's about for her. She purposely allowed it. The, the police officers were had to let people through because they had to reset a perimeter when there was only like there was I think one one time there's like maybe a handful of police officers and there's thousands of of people that were there for the president thousands of them and you just, and when you're like sitting there looking at the video they're opening the gates up and people are okay well we're gonna go through they and people not everyone's gonna realize oh they're just resetting the perimeter because they had no choice because there was literally a handful of them and there was a handful of police. So who, whose fault is this? It's called an operational failure is what it was. So you want to point fingers at Trump? You want to try to incriminate Trump? Well, okay, then heads need to roll everywhere else then. People who, Trump wasn't in charge of the Capitol Police. Trump wasn't in charge of DC, uh, the DC mayor. This is a problem. This is her fault. This is dirty politics. This is literally, this is literally something that you would see in a night in 1930s in Chicago, okay, of what she allowed to have happen. You know, so I don't want to hear it. The pearl clutchers on the right and the left, and we're seeing it happening every second since Wednesday. And I'm sick of it. I'm tired of it. And it's time to reassess yep. where we no, are. J Dubs, no, I, I think J Dubs, you have so many great points. And I think the pearl clutchers, I've never seen it as bad months and months of burning cities, uh, Chaz, shop across the country. We saw cities burn. We saw people's lives ruined. We saw small businesses had to shut down and then they were burned down, let alone you throw COVID. I bet the insurance and all, you gotta be kidding me. Um, and especially as we talk about this fight for equality and equity, but then destroy the small businesses that you're fighting for. And I think, I think the most uh, disheartening thing I think is and I got into a Twitter battle this week 
is that the government that has destroyed much of our lives, they expect to save their lives. And I think that's really disturbing. They're expecting there's this savior thing. The government's supposed to come in and take care of you. And this is something that we are purely against as conservatives. And I think it's really like sad to see our generation. Oh, we need this money. We need this free money. But no, you, you have to go out and work for it. And, I, and growing up, at least when I was in school, my early years before pretty much this indoctrination started where people are victims perpetually, it, it was literally like, hey, you got to work. Like the early years, it wasn't, it wasn't anything focused on race or gender, any of the stuff that they've thrown down our throats the last like four to six years. But it was like, hey, you got to work hard. The world's not a nice place. This whole thing, they're brainwashing our kids K through three. Um, but yeah, back to the capital thing and kind of where we're going as a country. Um, and Jadabs, we talked about this. I've talked with friends. I've talked with family about this is what happened after these events. Um, we've seen that Trump, the scapegoat, of course, Trump's been the scapegoat for four years. They didn't think he was going to win. It was the biggest upset in history. Hillary Clinton was supposed to win. She had the experience. People hated her, but she was supposed to win. Going back 2016, Trump was never supposed to be president. That all went down the drain. Of course, we know about the spying, the Obama administration. We know about the FISA warrants. We know about all the FBI, the Michael Flynn setup. It goes on and on. Still, there's nothing to come of that, all the spying and the treason that happened within our country, the FBI being used. Um, and now we're seeing an administration going into that has all this corruption. It's going to go, what about Hunter's laptop? What about the, 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 the release of all this stuff? Gone. Um, but we talk about everything that happened, the gates opening, JDubs, as you were talking, they were resetting the perimeter, as you were saying. And then what happened hours later during the night into the early morning, the certification of Joe Biden. Yeah, uh, Jason, what do you think of what happened that evening, the Republicans that just backed down and stabbed Trump in the back that evening? So obviously, as a conservative, as every other conservative will most likely feel, they feel betrayed. And they feel like the people that are heading the movement that represent us uh, didn't represent us. You know what I mean? It, it's pretty, pretty straightforward. Uh, the thing that bothered me the most was certain congressmen and women and senators calling out other congressmen and women and senators saying, you incited this, like you told people that January 6th was going to be this big day and it's really not you to fight at the state level, things like this. And yes, as a conservative, fighting at the state level is very important. You need to win at the state level. And not everything is a big federal government uh, hoo-ha. But the thing about that situation is we tried to win it at the state level. And this, the state level didn't work. The courts didn't want to hear it. They had no interest. And then we tried to go federal to the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court didn't want to hear it. So I, all, now, obviously, I don't know all the ins and outs of what actually happened throughout every, everywhere in the nation. I'm up in Jersey. All I know is that nothing even tried to happen here. Yeah, or but, California. Yeah, exactly. But on a very base level, as somebody, uh, most of our listeners probably are on the same level as I, uh, I feel like that really was the last chance. And we lost at the state levels. And if you're criticizing people like Madison Cawthorn and Ted Cruz and Matt Gates, if, you, if you're criticizing these people for trying to represent us, then you're no better than, than the left in my eyes. Yeah. You're, you're actually worse because you're actually taking a spot from somebody that I wish were re representing me. Exactly. Exactly. Jason, I think you hit it right on the head. Jada, we've heard talks of a new party going on. Uh, the GOP being gutted. The Republican Party is dead. Statements such as this this week. 
Um, before we go into our next segment, um, what are some of your thoughts on this of a possible third party? Um, I think that we should first try to uh, primary every weak GOP uh, candidate who's either already in power or is looking to be in power. We need, we need, to, we need to primary them completely. We should try to uh, sway the GOP towards the right direction, which would be to continue on with the coalition Trump brought. So say whatever you want to say about Trump. He brought up the most diverse coalition in Republican history to the GOP. And now we're seeing them, uh, the establishment GOP, turn their back on millions of voters that Trump brought. So it's either going to go like this, that 2022, you're going to see Republicans completely get destroyed um, in, in the House and Senate runs because a bunch of people who feel they've been uh, not only censored by uh, big tech, shamed by their neighbors, uh, and now they're only, their own politicians that they voted for for the past four years, now they, uh, they're going to feel that there's, there's no need to go out and vote. There's just, there isn't. So, this, so on the creation of a third party, I, don't, I think that it wouldn't be a third party to me. It would be to challenge and to deroute and to completely dismantle the GOP and turn it into a party that's more willing to speak out for the people. There's millions of Americans waiting for it on both sides of the aisle that want something that represents them. That's what Trump created. And now, even if, and now we don't have a leader anymore. Okay, they're going to come after him hard. And we don't have a leader anymore. We're completely without a head. That's what they wanted. So what we need to do is come together, stay together, and figure what we need to do out these next five to 10 years. We need to write out a plan. That's what we need to do. Yeah, I, I love that uh, whole, you outlined a plan. We have to see if we can execute that. And it's going to be an interesting next few months um, as we see January 20th. We don't even know. I know tensions with Iran. Of course, Biden, Green New Deal, Medicare for All, Free College, all that stuff, a long list of things. They have control of the whole government and they've already been using it already. And that's what we're going to be talking about in our next segment here about big tech censorship. We've seen Donald Trump banned from Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, Spotify, YouTube, literally any social media app is gone. Parlor is off the app store um, and Google Play Store as well. So what are some of the things as we go into our, this new segment on free speech and pretty much the attack? I've seen people purge the last few days. I know Jason's lost like 3,000 followers. I know J-Dubs has lost another 4,000 followers. Like just losing followers like crazy. No, I'm just playing. Um, but you guys are losing followers. I've seen it. I'm losing followers myself. Um, and I'm not even a big personality on Twitter, um, but it's already there. Um, so Jason, let's kick us off with some of the free speech battle that we've seen here. And now it's going to be tougher. No, no branches of government. And all we have is pretty much our First Amendment right of what it's left from it. Yeah, this, this all started in Georgia when the runoff elections went blue. Uh, I had full confidence that at least one of the Republican candidates were going to win, but not because they were Republican, because it meant that there would be a balance of power. And if you're anywhere in the middle of the spectrum when it comes to politics, then the one thing that you value probably more than anything else is that neither side is going to have the overbearing power. And so I would have assumed that at least one of those candidates would have won the right votes and the middle votes. 
And I was holding out on that and I was wrong. And the moment that both the Republicans lost, I knew that something like this was coming. I didn't, I didn't think that it would be to this extent already, but it is amazing how you're seeing Parler, the free speech app, be censored because it has to go through another app for people to receive it. It, it, just, it shows that you can try and put out all these different solutions to combat big tech and big government, but there's a reason they're called big tech and big government. It's because they control you. And it's going to be a very long, however many years that they're in, they're in power, that they have this control. Uh, but it's something that needs to be fixed because you can look on a very minuscule level with us and the fact that the same amount of people aren't seeing our posts. And then you can also look at something like Parler, which is supposed to be the free speech app that's now being censored. It, it blows my mind that happened so quick, but I did see it coming. Yeah, and this is something we've talked about for months. Section 230, and I think that this should have been done a long time ago, early on in the Trump administration. But again, you have weak, spineless Republicans that literally held out um, for about a year before they even actually got anything done. And yet Donald Trump was able to accomplish so many things. And in my opinion, the best president of my lifetime, I can proudly say that because they're coming after us now. They're coming after conservatives. They're coming after Gen Z Network. They're going to be coming after Turning Point USA. They're going to be going after everybody. And they already have. Dave Rubin and Charlie were actually having a conversation two weeks ago, Student Action Summit. Dave Rubin talked about the possibility of purging happen, and it's happening now. Um, and we look back, yeah, we knew it was coming. But now we're going to live through it. We're living through it right now. The fact that you can't even go and look up Parler on the App Store. Like you said, there's third-party app stores. But like I've heard ideas, Tesla needs to come out and make a phone. There needs to be that free access of information. Ronald Reagan said it. Give it to the people and let them make their decisions. Um, and all these leftists over here, yeah, conservatives are evil. Yeah, conservatives are this and that. Oh my gosh, they're, they're, they're demons because of the news media. I mean, how can a friends and family? They're like, well, it's on the news. Like it's 100% right. But the fact is, the news is owned by all these people. It's a big machine. Yes, Biden's going to be president. Yes, Kamala's a VP. And if Biden, if something were to happen, Kamala would step in. But it's a lot bigger than that. It's the education system. It's the media. There has to be new ways. And that's why we're doing Gen Z Network. We're not just like, oh, guys, let's do a podcast. Let's go. No, we're on a mission to fight for freedoms again. But we're, we're on the ground fighting for our country. Um, and I just want to give this opportunity. It's not anywhere sponsoring anything of this show, but I just want to give a shout out to Turning Point USA. Go to tpusa.com, get involved, and join the fight on campus. Um, and that could be high school, college, because it's going to be taking, it's going to take our generation to stand up to this. As we've seen, the Republicans that are already cowering, we saw Lindsey Graham getting yelled at at the airport. You got to get involved. You got to get in the fight. J-Dubs, what are your thoughts what are you, on free speech? What do we need to do? What are some of the action plans the next few years? You got to continue to speak. That's how you keep your free speech. That, that, I mean, that's a simple way. People are scared to actually speak. Yeah, that's why they turn on people so fast. That's why you see your neighbors are turning on their neighbors. That's why, you know, if anyone found out that Jason Rotundi went to freaking DC, they probably, I bet you there's a million people out there that want to put him on a no-fly list. So we're in actually a pretty dangerous water right now. Uh, and, it, and the temperature's hot. And the Democrats want to keep it up. I don't care what, what side you're on of the aisle. You have to try to be objective about these things because they'll come after you next. The last thing you need 
is a power vacuum to happen. And then some really bad people take power, whether they're left or right. And, and, that, and that's something that we don't need in, in, as a country. And that can happen anywhere. You know, we have been so coddled as a nation uh, because of how amazing our country is and the things that we have here, the privileges that we all have and share. Uh, you know, we share in a community together, all of us. And right now we're turning on each other and we're eating ourselves and we're willing, there's, there's people that are willing to take away rights of other people because they're too sensitive to either come up with arguments themselves or they're too scared to actually listen to other people they don't want to. So they're willing to have their rights trampled on, but the second you try to come after them, the, the script will be flipped and um, that's when they'll start caring. And that's, that's just how things are. So yeah, again, back to what I'm saying, go out there and you need to continue to speak, quit being scared, uh, quit having fear of speaking, just speak. And, it, you know, and I realize there's cancel culture out there. The, the problem with cancel culture is it, it's harming our free speech because it's not letting people be humiliated by what they say. Uh, I think we all learned that in school at a young age, that we say dumb things. We learn though about why those things are dumb or why they're not dumb. So it, it gives us some sort of uh, complexity you know, in, in our thought. So we're thinking a little bit deeper on things instead of uh, being so, like we're stepping on eggshells about free speech. And, and that's not how it should be. Yes, be, have a vent, know your, know your audience. It's important, but keep speaking and don't stop. And you know, uh, I guess that's I, all I really have to say about free speech, it's the generics, it's the, it's the basic. What country can you do what we do here and get away with it? I mean, it's, it's under threat, but even under threat, we're the most free speaking country in human existence ever, whether people, people don't realize it, but it's the truth. Name yeah. a country, name a country in history. There yeah. is none. J-dubs and you name that and they're trying to take it away. I think an important thing too, to get back to the free speech topic yeah. would be, uh, cause I know you brought up, Matt, you brought up section 230 and stuff like that. Um, there, uh, this is where things kind of get difficult because uh, I believe this is where big tech or any big farm, it doesn't matter. Corporatism uses, it's, it's a res, corporatism is an oligarchic response from the free market system. It's inevitable, it's going to happen. That's why we've had monopolies in the past. That's why we, for the most part, our United States has done a really good job uh, tampering them down uh, through our own laws uh, in our legal system. So we, we, have our, we have checks and balances for that, but it doesn't mean those checks and balances should just never be updated. You know, and with big tech right now, we want to find a way to, to not harm the free market and regulate the free market, but find a way to uh, restrict the, this, this relationship between corporate corporatism, like the corporatism that's happening and within our own institutions. There's a connection being intertwined between, sadly, one side of the aisle who controls the majority of our institutions in this country and uh, Silicon Valley, who we all know what side of the aisle they are on. They make sure everyone knows about it. There's been hearings about it constantly. They control what we see. And, you know, some people make the argument, well, we've made them powerful. Sure. Okay. We do contribute to all the, the services they give us, but they've monopolized those services, you know, and it, it to, to, in, from that angle, 
it's like, okay, what can we do? Cause I don't want to, I don't want to restrict. I don't, I don't want to limit and, and harm and, uh, and cause issues in our private sector. I don't want to limit our free market ability. And this is the problem. It's like a virus. You know, we got to find a way to get it out. And corporatism is a virus in, um, in the free market system because they want to take everything over. They want to destroy smaller companies. They want to make sure start, they buy out startups and startups never happen. That's why, uh, what, that's why there's a difference between people like Elon Musk, who promotes other companies that aren't his own, who invests in the companies that aren't his own, who actually wants, he takes all of his money and applies it differently than people like Jeff Bezos, who just buys up, buys up, buys up, buys up, or people like in Walmart, who buys up, buys up, buys up, Google, you know, all this stuff. There's a difference. And we have to make sure when we're talking about free speech right now and repealing 230 that, that we and, and restrict these uh, companies that we all participate in. We got to make sure we do it the right way um, and to find a way to, to sever ties between uh, major corporations and the government and the relationships that they, they have. So. Awesome. Amen, brother. All right, guys, we've got to move into our final segment. We're running low on time. And this is going to be kind of like an over, over cap. Um, we talked about a, a lot of things. We talked about the capital breach. We talked about kind of what happened. Um, some of our thoughts on that. We talked about free speech here in this last segment. And now we're going to move into the future of Gen Z, uh, what we're doing as a podcast. And J-Dubs has been pretty much our productions manager. He's been going through. He's been lining people up. He's been looking at some new shows, some new opportunities um, and Jason will be able to allude to that too as well, because I know he has a great idea for a new show. Um, uh, and we'll be letting you guys know here shortly about that. J-Dubs, um, what do we have coming up the pipeline, man? Well, uh, I know that you and I are going to be co-hosting a morning show, uh, which is basically stemming off from what, what you've already been doing. Uh, and actually we're going to have the, uh, the found, the co-founder of the tea party on at some point to have a conversation with us. Um, what do you know what his name again is again? That's Michael, so Michael Johnson. He's the founder. Uh, he's the OG. So that'll be great. Text me back, Michael. You didn't text me back. I texted you. <laughs> um, and, uh, so don't get mad at me if I didn't remember your name cause you didn't text me back. So, but anyways, so there's that. And I know that, uh, we're going to want to try to produce, produce as much content as possible. Um, which kind of gets to where Jason's at. And uh, Jason, would you want to add in what you, your idea you've been getting and what your idea is and why it can be very impactful? Yeah. My idea came when somebody on social media DM'd me and said that I wasn't being open-minded enough. And obviously you always want to think that you're being open-minded. And that sparked uh, you know, a little light bulb in my head. And I said, okay, well, we're growing this network and I think it'd be a great idea to put a show on there that is literally just about thinking about the other side. So name pending, it'll be a show that has somebody from the left and somebody from the right, whether it's one on each side or two or whatever it may be. And I will moderate and they're, they're going to talk about topics and the way that they see them because no matter, no matter what you're most likely going to hold your belief, no matter what you hear from the other side, but it's important to know what they're thinking. It's important to understand what the opposite of you is seeing in a topic. And that's something that we all struggle with, no matter how much we want to say that we don't. So the show is going to be strictly dedicated to inviting people of all different political spectrum on and discussing how they view topics from their side, which I think is something that we need a lot more of today. 
Yep. I, I 100% um, with that, agree with that, Jason, because we have these shows. Yeah, we'll bring on this one person, and it's kind of the same person. No, we're bringing on new people. We need to talk these things out. And like Jacobs was saying, we got to keep talking. Free speech. Um, we'll probably get censored. That's some things that we're going to have to be looking forward to here in the coming years, coming months. Yeah, and we appreciate it. I'm looking forward to the morning show, Jason's show to be announced. I love it. And guys, we have our Gen Z free store as well. Our Gen Z network store where you guys be able to get merch um, to go out and spread conservative ideas and just get, be Gen Z free, be free. That's the, the greatest thing. We live in the greatest country ever and let's keep doing it. All right, guys, uh, make sure to like and subscribe. Hit that beautiful subscribe button. If you guys haven't been banned yet, make sure to hit the subscribe button and so you guys don't miss an episode of Gen Z Free and we'll be back next time. Here's a quick tip from Jason. Everybody, I know that politics is something that is affecting your life, whether you're involved or not, but your life is not politics. Don't let politics drive everything in your life. You have friends, you have family, and that's not supposed to be compromised because of their point of view. So yes, be active. Yes, acknowledge politics, but do not let it run your life. This was a Gen Z Network production. Thank you.